Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Buzdar, and this week we visit Columbia, South Carolina, and sit down with Chloe Carlson, a reporter who gives us an inside look on what it means to go into the stories, to tell intimate, positive, and sometimes not so positive stories, the public perception, and how it is done to tell a story in this day and age where media matters, news matters, and your voice matters. Enjoy. You know, I went to school for that originally. And then, um, you know, I like once I graduated college, I really didn't have that good of a reel. But like, luckily, like I got started Fox Sports and in production. And then um, someone just kind of helped me put a reel together, which was huge. And then it was crazy, John, because I went on a trip to Cabo and I was like, I'm just going to post my stuff on YouTube and then just like see. And like in Cabo, I had like news station, like I think like six news stations reach out. And wow. like, hey, we saw this real. So it was crazy. I was like not expecting because I was like, all right, I'm not going to have a job. It's fine. But um, yeah, then that's how I got started. So I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina for the time being, which is cool. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> insane. So you were doing when you were because I knew you when you're in school. I believe you're like right. either on your last like tail end of the semester or whatever. Or mm-hmm. um, so you were studying. Was it just like journalism Bro- broadcast? broadcast yeah broadcast journalism and i think was that before i like left to go work for disney on a ship right yeah I I before, before that right all that yeah okay yeah so kind of was like a whirlwind because yeah i like left school for a little bit then i didn't know like do i want to be a reporter um you know kind of moved to toronto moved to hawaii then moved back to california and finished up and yeah, it was kind of crazy how that next few years after Quicksilver was kind of crazy how everything kind of happened. But yeah, studied journalism and then finally graduated yeah. seven years after I started. <laughs> right. No, Here I'm, we are. I'm definitely on the same uh, like school plan as you. So that's right. same thing. Um, nice. Well, I mean, I guess backstory for listeners. Your, no- your name is Chloe Carlson. Yep. Were you born in Southern California? I feel like you weren't. No, I wasn't. I like to tell people that, though, because I feel like I'm more of a Cali girl. I was born in Colorado on a farm, actually. So Mm. about an hour north of Denver. Yeah. So a small farm town. And then halfway through high school, when I was 16, uh, we moved to Southern California. So uh, left Colorado and then started living by the beach. And that's when me and my younger brother started getting into the surfing scene um, and then after that, I just started school in California. I loved Cali. I like, I still miss it every single day. I like, I listen to like beach music, I think on a daily basis to make me feel like I'm still there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've kind of moved around a couple of different times, but yeah, that's kind of how I got, got to California. So. Sure. And then with, um, yeah. when you talk about surf culture, I think that was something that was, it's been such a big part of your life for a long time. Was that something that you wanted to incorporate into like the sort of journalism or whatever? Did you always intend to like go into sports and stuff? And I mean, I think that's such a big passion like of mine, you know, like I love, like I think surf culture is such a big thing that like both me and you can probably relate. Like it's just, it's such a chill environment. I think it's such an accepting and loving environment. You know, I think I'm a proud of myself too, because, you know, growing up in Colorado, the only thing I knew about the ocean was shark week. 
So I like had this huge fear of sharks. Um, so like when I became a surfer or like started surfing, I was like, proud myself because I would never get in the water. Um, but yeah, like surfing, I think it kind of ties into like why I wanted to be a journalist at the same time. Like, um, you know, I love people. We did that at Quicksilver. It was about connecting with people. And I think that was a big thing of why I want to be a journalist is I wanted to connect with people. I think a lot of times media can have the stigma to it. And it's always kind of tough because I think my approach is just very, very different, John. Like I genuinely like love people. I love to tell their stories. And I think, yeah, like a part of me wants to still get into sports. You know, I worked at Fox Sports. I love the sports world, being in the arena, um, you know, spending time at the beach watching like the WSL. Like I love that stuff. But being a journalist as well, just a normal news can sometimes have its perks because then you can, um, you know, tell beautiful stories at the same time. So yeah, I still, I guess like incorporate that, that as much as I can, even into my normal journalism life. That makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Of course. I think it's more or less like a, I don't know, a mindset. It isn't necessarily like the sport in itself. It's more of like a lifestyle or way of thinking. And I think you can incorporate that into anything, you know, you can incorporate that into your day-to-day life. So that's cool that you're able to do that. I think, um, oh yeah, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, yeah, that's exactly like, I think what I try and do, like, I think a big thing is like just being that type of person, whatever you do in every job, you're going to come across people who take their job as a way to, um, put themselves above people maybe in a way. But like, I love the fact that like when I come as a journalist, like I just like look, love to love on people. I'm very chill. You know, when I come to these stories, I'm like, Hey, like I'm, you know, I'm Chloe. I'm just, you know, I'm just another person that gets to, you know, wants to tell your story. And so I think it's kind of cool because sometimes even though I'm still like in a small market, sometimes people still get surprised that, you know, you might be like laid back because there's other people that might be like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a big deal. You know, I'm a reporter. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. Nope. Not at all. I'm like, I just, I love people. And I think that, that kind of mindset, um, it's really cool uh, to set that example, you know, like, for example, I know I probably answer questions way too much, Sean, but like, for example, when an intern w- worked with me over the course of working with me, she, her friends started to notice they're like, Hey, you've really become like a chill person more outgoing, more out- loving to people. And she's like, man, that was, like, I feel like spending time with Chloe kind of like brought that to me. And so oh, that was like, that's like a claim to fame for me. Cause I was like, if I can like help one person, like see the world a little bit differently then then I'm happy about that. So yeah. And that's amazing. That's really, really beautiful. What was yeah. that initial period of like, I don't know, stepping back to when you made your like real and then you're in, you said Cabo, right? And you were mm-hmm. receiving all these messages from different news and stuff. Like how, what was that experience? Like, were you just like absolutely blown away or super excited, well, nervous? Yeah. I mean, it's a little backstory before that even is, you know, working at Fox Sports in production, I wanted so badly to be on camera. Um, you know, so when I left, like that was my goal. Uh, I moved to South Carolina to be closer to my fiance at the time. Um, but I wasn't getting like any jobs. And so I was like super discouraged because I felt like, oh man, like I just spent, you know, so much money going to school, getting a degree. You know, I left Fox Sports in LA for what, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like a waste of space, you know, and I was trying really, really hard. Um, but then it was like this cool thing, John, where I, I feel like when I went to Cabo, you know, I kind of like let go. Um, and just was like, you know, I'm just going to enjoy my time, stop stressing for a little while. And then that's when the calls came and like when those came, it was like, 
I kept thinking like it wasn't actually like happening, you know, because I'd become so discouraged. Like I think at that point I started serving again um, as a server. And I kind of was like, Oh, I can't believe this. Like I'm just serving. Like I got this degree and now I'm just, you know, not using it. So when that happened, I just in Kava, I think I was, yeah, I was just so surprised because it was one after another, like, <laughs> I was like, what, how is this happening? Um, so ecstatic, uh, to put it lightly, because I felt so pumped that like people were just seeing my YouTube video and, and I was going to get the opportunity to finally do what I really wanted to do in life. I wanted to be a reporter ever since I was little and, you know, watch the reporters in Denver. And I'd be like, that'd be so cool one day. And I've gotten to do that now. Like even if it's a smaller market, I'm just so excited that I've had the opportunity to finally do it. So I was, I was excited. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Super pumped. What was the, I mean, like initial feeling, super stoked, excited, whatever. But then there's obviously that feeling of like, oh, wow, now I got to like make a decision and kind of evaluate yeah. what's going to be the best for me. And then mm-hmm. like, how did that process look like? Was it stressful? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a little nerve wracking because it was like, you know, on the other hand, I had nothing. Now I had several opportunities that would take my life in very different directions. You know, Missoula wanted to hire me as a weather woman. Um, mm. You know, and they're right by the, yeah, you know, I don't have like a meteorology degree, but I was like, all right, cool. Like, and they're right on the mountain, you know, and I love to snowboard. So I was like, there's that, you know, Washington state um, was another one that was really wanting to sign me. And then there was Columbia. Um, mm. So then that was, yeah, that was like really tough because I mean, there was a couple other ones, but it kind of came down to those three that I was, um, they were both like offering me and calling me and, um, so yeah, that was a tough decision. Cause yeah, yeah, I started to weigh like, what, you know, what do I want the most, you know, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? And I think what helped me decide on Columbia was, you know, it was closer to my fiance. And I think, um, the guy that wanted to hire me, he was like, Hey, I'll give you opportunity to do sports, um, and, and different things. And I could tell like, he was someone, they were like, this guy, cool. If you go on him, like he wants to make you better. And I was like, well, that's what I want. So, um, and I was excited because they told me when I went to the interview, they're like, cool, you're way too green for this market. Um, you know, you're not experienced enough. And I was like, well, I'm here. Um, I was like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll work hard. And so I was super excited when they gave me that opportunity. Uh, you know, cause sometimes I'm like the resume, I feel like doesn't always tell fully who you are. Um, so I was glad that they gave me the chance to kind of prove myself and, and I think I did. So <laughs> yeah, it seems Still odd here, that they told right? you after they brought you over and everything, they told you you were too green for this industry. Like why would they yeah. invite you over and have you like, uh, it seems like a weird move on their part to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they were definitely interested because like one of their um, guys that works there, he uh, like he found, he's on the family on YouTube. And he's like, I think you should check this girl out. She's like local. So like mm. she's going to be close to Columbia um, so they want to like bring me in and like test me out, but they're like, you know, usually we need a reporter with more experience, you know, you're a little green, but like, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So I wasn't sure if they were going to pick me. Cause I was like, well, you know, I don't have a lot of reporter experience when you're coming into the industry, you know, it's kind of tough to get that initial job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I was actually surprised because then they, then they offered me the job. So I was like, well, and then like, what was crazy is like weeks later, they're like, oh, wow, you're really like proving yourself here. And I was like, don't always judge off of the resume. I, you know, like mm. it's nice when people give you the chance to like prove yourself. And so, yeah. What did yeah. that, um, I guess when they gave you the opportunity and it was time to prove it, did you have, I guess a little bit just that fire inside to like, be like, 
I'm going to prove everyone like wrong. Like I'm going to kill it. Yeah. And I'm going to put like my, like, was that a cool like motivation or was it almost something that was sort of a lot of weight on your shoulders? Cause you do have to prove yeah. them wrong. But also like if you fail, that's what they may or may not be expecting. Like, ah, oh, she's still new, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's right. like, I don't know. How did that go? I, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that I, I, you know, I think I've been an athlete all my life. And so my, that competitiveness in me was always like, I'm going to improve myself. You know, when I was little and I did acting for a short time and I remember always hearing that from acting casting directors, they'd be like, you're so green, you know, but like, once you get me in the room, let me have the chance to prove myself. And so when this guy said it to me, it was like, it's something I'd heard before, you know, I'm like, Oh, it's always the, it's the green reel, you know? So yeah, when I went in there, I was like, I know I can do this. I know I like, this is a passion of mine. And so that fire is going to feed me, um, into doing that. So yeah, I was super excited to get that opportunity and to show them. And that's been my favorite part being where I am now, John, it's been just a little over a year now. And my news director told me, he's like, you're one of those reporters that I'll be like, I was the guy that hired her. Like Mm. I was the one that, that, that got her into the industry, you know? And it was crazy because like a few months after, you know, I started, you know, uh, a six-year-old girl went missing in our city and Fox news in New York called, I don't know if you've seen my Instagram, but they called us like 10 minutes before. Um, and we're like, Hey, can Chloe do a live hit for New York? And it was like, New York is market one for TV news. And it's like, it was in that moment, that was scary to me. Cause that, but it was, I had that same mentality. I was like, I got this. Yeah. Like Dude, market have, one, go I ahead. Have goosebumps just hearing you say that. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy because, because it was like one of those moments where I was like, okay, like I can do this. I get, you know, I, I didn't even have like hours to prepare. It was like 10 minutes. So I was like, okay, and you're I can do this. Live and, on television and live for New York. And like, oh, man. I get in, Yeah. I get on the call and it's like so different. Cause like we're market 74, you know, New York's market one. And they were like, I had like so many different people talking in my ear, like before my life hit, they're like, Hey, Chloe, this is, this is audio. Let's check the audio. Hey, Chloe, this is video. Let's get that video figured out. Hey, Chloe, this is producer. We're going to be counting down from 10. Hey, Chloe, this is director. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And wow. I was like freaking out. Yeah. So it was so surreal. Cause when I hear the anchors for Fox and friends come on and like, Hey, Chloe Carlson's live from Columbia. And I was like, dang, my legs were shaking, but it was so crazy, John, because I get done with the hit and, um, it goes like great. I mean, you know, I'm always going to be hard myself. Like I always can be better, but I get done. My photographer was like, Chloe, that was your best hit all morning. You know, like you nailed it. And it was just like, Oh, it was so exciting because I'm like, you, in moments like that, you just step up to the plate and you just do it. And it's so exciting. Like to look back on that moment, I'll like go back to that video and watch it over. I'm like, I can do, you know, I did it for market wine. You would just have to step up to the plate and believe in yourself in that moment, you know? Yeah, definitely. How did, um, I guess the trajectory of where you ended up, I think one really big story that you, that I've saw on your Instagram was when you had that gentleman who had the jerseys and they're all burned down and that had a big impact. How you want to walk us through what that was all like and how that impacted you? Yeah, that I'm so glad you brought that up because that's probably one of my favorite stories. Cause I think it goes back to why I wanted to be a reporter in the first place. You know, I want to love on people. So Oscar Rosales is that guy's name. And um, I had found him on Twitter. He had mentioned on Twitter, he did a post and was like, hey guys, I'm, you know, I just lost my home in a fire. Like if anyone can do anything to help, like let me know. And so I messaged him. I said, hey, Oscar, I'm a reporter. I would love to share your story and have people help out. And it was funny. He told me after he had to look me up 
because mm. I'm still a new reporter. And he was like, you know, you weren't verified. So I wasn't sure if you were legit. Um, oh, wow. but I was like, I'll get there. I know. I know. I was like, I'll get there one day. But I, um, so I covered his story and I remember originally it wasn't about the jerseys. It was just about talking about what happened to his home. So, you know, it caught fire, but then the more I talked to him, you know, I was about to leave and, you know, we started talking sports. Um, and then he talked about how big of a Miami heat fan he was. And he was like, yeah, I had all these jerseys. And I just remember thinking that moment, I remember just like stopping. Cause I like, you know, I can't promise anything, you know, I'm just little old me, um, reporter in Columbia, but I just remember sitting there and I was like, I said to him before I left, I was like, I was like, well, I'm going to see if we can do something about those jerseys, Oscar. And like, I remember saying that, like, for some reason I like felt confidence that moment. I was like, I'm something, we're going to do something for him. Mm. So even though I'm like not super active all the time on Twitter. Yeah. I just, I put the message out on Twitter. I said, Hey guys, um, Miami heat, this guy's name is Oscar Rosales. I said, he is a huge fan um, and lost all of his 14 Miami heat jerseys in a fire. I said, if you have an extra one laying around, I think there's a guy who could really use one, mm. not really knowing like where that would go, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, slowly it started just retweeting, 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 you know, got over a thousand or something likes on it. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. And then that Oscar started texting. He was like, Hey, like the Miami heat just reached out to me. And, um, wow. <laughs> like it made, yeah, I like, it almost brought so much emotion over me, John, because I like, I was like, and this is why, like I wanted to be a reporter. So what ended up happening is, um, the Miami heat sent him a Jersey of every player on the team. They sent him a signed basketball. Um, they sent him like a signed photo of his favorite player, like a bunch of things in this box. And, uh, so we did a follow-up story just kind of talking about that. And in the video, he basically said like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So amidst his family losing their home, you know, I was to at least use my small platform to give this guy an amazing moment. You know, like he was like, I never thought that my favorite team in the whole wide world would know my name, you know, Oscar Rosales. And it made it to sports center, which is really cool. Like just one little act of like trying to help someone, you know, end up be seeing on the national level. So that story I'm so proud of because I was just like, at the end of the day, it didn't matter that it was me that maybe put it on Twitter. What matters is that I'm like, I was able to help someone with the job that I had. So that was one of my favorite stories uh, by far. Yeah, no, and it's, it's amazing. I think it's super, super well done. I guess what I would want to know too is like, what were your intentions or I guess your aspirations behind what you wanted to accomplish in the first place? Was it to give people that may not have a platform, give them a platform, give them a voice and speak for the people? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's why I think sometimes I I really struggle with like connotations that can kind of, you know, come with the media. And it actually like in college kind of deterred me at one point. Like my professor was like, Chloe, I can tell you're like losing focus, like wanting to do this reporting. And I was like, I just don't want to be that reporter, you know, like that reporter that's, you know, controversial and, 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 you know, people don't like, I don't want to be that person. I was like, I want to be a reporter because I love to tell people's stories. And, and so for a while, like deterred me, but then at the end of the day, I was like, no, I still do have a passion for that. And I still think I can find that, um, in reporting. And so that's like, yeah, that's been such a huge thing. Like the little moments, like, of course, do I have to cover shootings that happen in Columbia? Yes. You know, I have to cover those tough stories sometimes, but the little moments where I get to, you know, love on the people in Columbia, like that 
that outweighs like the harder moments, you know, when I have to do the reporter job and go to a shooting place that might, you know, be tough for me to cover. Um, it's outweighed by those moments where I get to, you know, tell families their, their stories on air. You know, I did one on this boating accident, um, where I actually showed up the night of the boating accident. And, um, this family called the Kaisers, they lost their dad, uh, in the boating accident. I was the only reporter there that like saw this happen. And, um, it was tragic for me to even watch and, and see. You witnessed um, the accident itself? Well, I didn't see the accident. I saw like the aftermath. Mm. So I saw them, you know, like taking their dad off the boat and I'd never like seen a dead body before. And I really struggled like mentally, like going home. I was like, dude, I'm having a tough time like processing this, you know, and, and, and seeing a person that, you know, just a few minutes ago was okay. And now they're not and seeing his daughter, Morgan Kaiser, you know, she was crying and that was just a tough thing as a reporter. So I cover, you know, I'm there that night. And then ironically, I was covering this other story at a hospital and that same family was just happened to be there at the same time. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, are you guys the Kaisers? And they're like, yeah, we are. And I was like, Hey, um, I was there that night. Like, um, and it was so cool, John, this is another one of those stories, but I built a relationship with that family. Like the daughter would call me and like be bawling about what happened and being like, I feel like I can talk to you Chloe, because you're the only other person that was there. And what's so cool is like her mother survived, but lost her leg. So we were able to take a very tragic story and show some good in it because her mother, you know, got her prosthetic leg and then ended up walking um, at a South Carolina women's basketball game. Cause like, they're such an amazing team. We had, they had her walk across the gym, um, on her new leg in front of 16,000 people. Um, so it was so cool that like, I got to start with this family in a very tragic moment, but see them just continue to progress and continue to, um, find light in, in a tough time. And yeah, you know, they, they'll still call me to this day. Like they'll send me videos and be like, Hey Chloe, like this is what we're doing today. And so it just makes me so happy when I build those relationships because that's what I that I love about my job. You know, I love to. We both work to cook silver. We love to talk to people, and I love to do that and and reporting as well. So it definitely fuels me those kind of stories for sure. Sure. No, that's. I mean, that's obviously really, really, really amazing. I think what I would also wonder is, um, just after that first experience of experiencing something very tragic like that. You said he saw, you know, a dead body for the first time and different things like that. And then you had to go home and sort of deal with that. Has it been something that you over time have learned different coping mechanisms to deal with like, I guess a traumatic experience in some way, you know, and there's journalists that Mm -hmm. are, you know, almost permanently like scarred by different things, you know, like war journalists Uh and different things like that. So I would imagine you initially it was rough and you had to kind of figure out a technique to it. Has it become easier or is it still extremely difficult when you deal with stuff like that? I mean, I definitely feel like now being in it over a year, I've gotten better for sure. Like I think there's always going to be, I'm very empathetic. Like I, empathy is a big part of just who I am as a person. So it's hard for me not to have that personal um, f- reaction to a story, you know, but um, you know, cause even one of the first stories I did, this family lost um, a family member in a fire. And I remember <laughs> This is kind of just something I went through as a reporter. Like again, when I, before I became a reporter, you know, I worked at Fox Sports. I worked at, you know, a coffee shop, like simple, fun jobs, you know, and this is the first time I was 
in front of really serious things happening to real people. You know, it's like, I cover the story, but these are people going through this kind of stuff. So I went to this fire. This is one of the very first stories I did. Went to a fire where a family lost um, their sister. And I remember when I, you know, they didn't want us to be there. And I understood that. And um, I left. And I remember this guy came up after. Um, I had like pulled over to the side and was trying to just get a shot of the street. And a guy pulled up and like had a gun in his passenger seat. And I thought he was so mad at me for being there that like he was going to do something with the gun in his passenger And I remember like my, my body like emptied at that moment because I thought, I thought I was going to like die in that moment. I was so scared. Um, you know, so that happened. And then like just, you know, a few months later, the boat accident. So this is like tragic stuff that like people don't realize, like when you're reporting on it, it's also affecting you, you know? Um, so I think over time I've slowly gotten better, but to say that things don't so like affect you, um, just a little bit, um, I think would be, you know, wrong. Like when that Faye Marie girl, six year old girl went missing, um, right here in Casey, uh, South Carolina, that was like national news. And that was every day we're talking about like, where is she? Where is she? Um, you know, and we're there trying to like be a part of this, like, um, group that's, you know, trying to get exposure out there to help find this little girl and then come to find out where we were reporting on it, just a hundred feet away. Um, days after we reported it, her body was found there. And it actually came out, John, that the guy that had killed her moved her body at some point. And when we started reporting on it to, um, when they found her body and that kind of stuff, you're like, Holy cow, this little girl was just right near us. And we had no idea. Like that's tough stuff to cover. Mm, Um, And so, yeah, I think it's just, it's been a learning curve because that those aren't initially stories that I expected maybe to cover. Um, but I think you slowly learn to, you know, you still have those empathetic moments where I still tell families like, Hey, I'm a person first. I want you to know, I care about you. Um, and then do my best to tell their story and, and, and kind of process it for myself as best I can, you know? Yeah, definitely. Has it become something where you have also faced, I guess, on the other side of the spectrum, similar to that guy coming up and you know, luckily he didn't do anything, which is good, but right. that's still scary. Yeah. You know, it's like, have you received a lot of backlash as, I don't know. I mean, I guess this year and just several years, it's like journalism, journalism in general has become sort of in a way, you know, attacked. Right. And it's like some yeah, people, yeah. do you ever show up to a story or something? And they're like, what are you doing here? Like we were oh, morning and like, why are you reporting or taking pictures and different things like that has, mm-hmm. um, how has that affected you? Because you're seeing both spectrums, right? You're seeing yeah. people and you're making a positive impact and they're so grateful for like the love and the empathy you're showing. And then on the other hand, right. you're coming into it with the same love, the same empathy, but you have people that are receiving it in a completely different way and think of you right. as someone who's almost exploitative or something, you know? Yeah. And that, I think that is the biggest challenge. Um, I'm actually a part of several reporter Facebook pages. And we all talk about that. You know, not, not all of us reporters know each other, but we experience the same things like people. I think there was something posted several times a while back. And one of my friends actually posted on Facebook. It says defund the media, which, you know, first of all, we don't, we're not funded by the government. Um, mm. But second of all, it was hurtful to see that because I was like, you know what? Like we're not us local reporters. Um, you know, we're not national news. You know, we're not told to be, um, controversial or to tell a certain side, like we're just telling the story. And like our job, when we walk into that newsroom every day is we tell the story in the most unbiased way that we can. And we have people actually like edit our scripts to make sure like 
that you are a hundred percent unbiased. And I have to tell people that sometimes, like, no matter what, like I have to stay unbiased in the story. I can't say like, Oh, you know, I support the police in this or, Oh, I support, you know, the other side in this, like, we do not do that. That is not our job. Like we just tell the story. And so that is really like, that's probably the hardest thing for me, John, is because I am such a, you know, loving person. I'm a, a joyful person. I'm a happy person, an empathetic person. So when I come to these stories and I get backlash, like, you know, like you said, this has not been an easy year as a reporter, you know, with everything that's gone on and our job is really, we're doing the best that we can to tell the stories. And I've had it too, where I've, you know, recently I went to a protest here in Columbia and I was trying to show these people that were helping the protesters, you know, giving them food and water. And, um, you know, I'd done a live hit with them and then they were like, we won't, we don't want to do any more with you. Cause you might twist our story. And I was like, dude, I'm like, no, like I genuinely just want to tell the good things that you're doing. And that's so frustrating when that happens, you know, cause I'm like, I've, I've covered, um, a protest in uh, Camden, which is another city here, walking with the protesters, talking about what they're, they're, you know, what they're there for. And then at the same time, you know, the police that were walking with them and kind of trying to show like them mending this relationship. So to just like judge a reporter on the basis of what you believe that they are is it's just really frustrating. Cause I, at the end of the day, like it, it happens to me probably once every couple of weeks, you know, it happens a lot, you know, where I'll get to a story and people will just be like, Oh, you're one of those. And I'm like, do you know who I am? Like, do you know why I'm a reporter? Do you know why I'm here? Um, my job is to tell your story. My job is to love on people. There's actually like a, a guy that actually drowned a couple of weeks ago in Lake Maury. It was an awful story. It was super sad. And, you know, I reached out to his family and I said, Hey guys, you know, one of the things I love to do is, you know, give you a story to kind of remember your loved one by that, you know, you can have this new story that shows photos of him and talks about how amazing he is. And they were like, okay, you know, cool. Well, by the time it got to that interview, other people had talked to them about like, don't talk to the media, don't do this, don't do that. And they canceled the interview. And I, I just couldn't have been more frustrated by just kind of always feeling judged on a basis of an assumption but over like actually knowing my intentions. You know, my intentions are generally to tell a beautiful story about your loved one. Um, and sometimes you just get people like that. They're like, oh, you're the media though. You'll twist it. And I'm like, who told you that? Mm-hmm. You know? I know that we're, we're put in such a group of people that we all, we're all the same and we're just, you know, we're not. And most, most reporters were generally good people just trying to tell, tell a story. So it's, it's definitely tough because I, like I said, it goes against generally who I am as a person and um, you just kind of have to work through it. I have to stop being so, I take things personal, you know, and I'm like, you don't know who I am. I want to tell them like who I am. And you, sometimes people are just going to have those assumptions. And you just have to work through them and still be the same you that you know that you are like every single day, you know? Right. No, totally. I guess that's another <clears throat> major thing is um, what you just said was taking things personally. I think that's mm-hmm. got to be just a very massive eternal like battle within you to just, you know, because yeah. if you're working on something and your intentions are pure and they're genuine and people are perceiving it differently and it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. you say to try to change their opinion, no matter what they are hold fast on the idea that you are the enemy and they don't want to talk to you. Right. Um, right. How does that look? Like, do you just go home and go like, it's cool. Like whatever, let's just keep going. I'll talk to the next person. They're going to stoke me out. Is it like that one really awesome experience? Does that outweigh the like nine terrible experiences or is it still? I mean, it, I mean, it's still like, you know, like those awesome experiences. I definitely like, 
those are awesome. And I look forward to those every day, but like, you know, to be honest, like I would be lying if I said I wasn't, I didn't have to go home and process things because it is like at the end of the day, like everyone's different, but like generally who I am, you know, I, I feel like I was put on this earth to like love people. And so when I feel like I'm being judged for something else, it, it's, it's hard for me to just be like, Oh, whatever, dude, like, I don't care, you know, screw them. I'm like, no, like, I'm like, again, I care so much about people. I'm like, I don't want them to know. I don't want them to think that of me. I don't want them to think, you know, like I cover these sex trafficking stories because I genuinely want to save all these children from, from this horrible nightmare they're living through, you know, like, um, I cover those types of stories. Like I'm generally as a reporter trying to use my platform to help people. So, you know, like the other day I was trying to film this accident scene and some guy, I told him before, I said, Hey, I just, so you know, you're not on the camera. I'm trying to just film this scene. I don't know if he didn't hear me, but he was like, you know, how dare you come and, you know, not ask for my consent and blah, 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 like yelling at me without me like getting to speak and be like, I'm not, you're not on camera. And then at the same time, I, you know, I like went home and, um, told my husband, I was like, Oh, like, I'm so upset. Like that guy doesn't know. Like I would, you know, I'm a nice person. I'm not. And he's like, man, why do you care? Just let those things go. Um, and I feel like after a year, it's getting easier, uh, to be better about not taking things so personally, but it's still hard because it's just who I am. I'm like a caring person and I don't want people to, to think that of me, but I totally get, you know, it's, it's, definitely tough because I'm put in a job where you do get judged a lot just on the basis of this assumption that media is bad. So I struggle with that all the time. And I try and do my part to be like, show them we're not. Um, but yeah, dude, I, 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 were, I, I still think take things personal. It gets easier, but you still do like you're human, you know? Yeah. So does it ever, I mean, what I initially, like, I feel like, are you still pretty religious? Is that a big part of your life? Absolutely. Yeah. No. Does that ever like that. come into it? Like you're doing journalism and you're writing these stories. Do you ever feel like some of your opinions and your ideals of who you are as a person sometimes get challenged or something? I don't know. Do you ever go somewhere and you talk to like a group of atheists and they talk about how much they hate religion or something? You're just there like, Oh cool. Yeah. Yeah. But like in your yeah. heart, you're like, dude, these are not like <laughs> ideals that I stand for, but I'm a journalist right. and I report on it anyway. How's that been? Right. I mean, yeah, like, you know, like you said, I think my biggest thing is, is my life is centered around my faith. That is still my number one thing. You know, I want to honor God. And, and like I said, feel like I've been put on this earth to exemplify him, love people um, as best I can um, the way that he did. And so, yeah, like, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm not sure if I should say this, but like when I go on stories, you know, especially when people are, you know, I'm going to this family's house and their house is entirely burned. I, you know, I like let them know I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm a person first. I'm also a Christian. I just want to let you know, I'm praying for you guys. Um, and I know this is not tough, but I'm trying to think like, I haven't, I'm trying to think if I've come across like any people that have like really like hated Christianity. I think not, not that hasn't happened too often. Um, but I think it's, it's crazy how, you know, sometimes I do have to keep my mouth shut when maybe I would want to say something, you know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. not just because like I'm wearing, you know, my, my logo for my company, but also because, you know, I am a Christian and I, I choose to like, I want to represent myself in a good way, you know, cause like, I feel like in the same way that like Jesus was persecuted in the Bible, like, you know, there's moments where I feel I'll go out on story and people are yelling at me or upset at me and they don't even know me or know why I'm there. Um, 
And I just have to like, sometimes I like, keep my mouth shut and like get the footage that I need to get and then I'll leave. And, and I'm like, I've, I've had some people actually, you know, I, I don't know if you saw this, but like I did a story on this parade that happened, um, at this lake nearby and it was a parade for the president. Um, and I ended up making it the president, Donald Trump tweeted it and like tweeted my story that I did like with me on camera and stuff. And so I was like, well, that's like crazy to be seen on a national level. Um, you know, I wasn't showing my political affiliation. Um, but it was funny how people took something of me just trying to be proud of myself or having a story that got seen 5 million times, um, on a national level, people took it as me taking a stance on something. And, you know, some guy, (laughs) several guys actually said stuff on my Facebook that were like derogatory and rude and mean. And I was like, I was having some, you know, I was like hurt that I'm like, you guys, I, and it was so cool though, John, because it's so many people have watched me as a reporter and they, people I didn't even know. And they jumped on the, the comments and were like, Hey, I've never met Chloe, but I want you to know that she is, she is a, uh, you know, an unbiased reporter. You know, she tells these amazing stories like for you to come in here and judge her uh, for just her celebrating a success is, is, you know, uncalled for. And so that was really cool to see the way people responded. Um, and, and, and stuck up for me. Like this one guy said, like gag me with a spoon and my dad got on there and I was like, dad, it's okay. I'm, I'm all right. Like, um, and so many people then just stuck up for me and the guy ended up deleting his comment. So, you know, it's, I think again, I'm like, I, I want to like live by faith and everything that I do and say, and sometimes that, that does affect me and maybe how I approach stories so that always does affect me. And, you know, loving on those people that I tell the story, having a caring heart, having an empathetic heart, and then sometimes also keeping your mouth shut. Um, so, but I do get to talk about it sometimes, which is cool. Cause that, that brings me joy to, you know, mention that part of who I am, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think one thing <laughs> that you touched on there that I think is a really important thing and something that, you know, at least for me, I find would be a little bit difficult would be just like how, public your life is you know like you Mm -hmm. are very much a public figure in the sense that you're on television people see you and they make their opinions about you based on how you like look based on what you say based on little things that I mean quite frankly some of them you have no control over right so it's like Mm -hmm. people make judgments and assumptions about who you are as a person because you're very much in the public eye has that changed sort of how you view the world and view how you interact with people I mean, yeah, that's definitely something to get used to. Cause like you said, I mean, public figure in a very small, small fashion. Um, but it is funny how, you know, like I'll, I'll post stories and pe- you know, on Twitter, we usually try and post our stories so people can see what we're working on. And just randomly a troll will just come on there and, and say something like, Oh, nice title, Chloe. Like, that's so stupid. Like, duh. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, I'm like, this is a story about sex trafficking and the guy didn't like how I wrote the title. And so he's rude and, and mean. And, you know, instead of, and it's crazy just cause you being, like you said, a small public figure in a way, you just see the trolls come out on social media. So I totally understand like why some celebrities are like, it gets too much for them um, in such a bigger way. Cause they have, they have so many people just trolling them, but like even in a small way here in Columbia, sometimes every so often, you know, I'll get a, I'll, I'll get a troll saying stuff on social media. And I, it's just like, you're like, why? Like, I don't understand how people can just kind of be that way on social media when you don't even know them, you know? Um, but you have to just kind of learn through that. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. If I, 
if I can take anything from this time working here is I'm like, you have to just remember in whatever profession you do, you know, however big you may be or small, um, to just focus on who you are because that can dictate, you know, trolls can like, when I first started, that would, it would like, like, I think I cried before on one of them because I was so hurt that someone I didn't even know would get on this like public social media and say something about me, you know? And, um, so it was like kind of disheartening and, um, and it's hard for me not to get like my heart into it. Like there was one time, like kind of another story. I'm giving you so many stories. I know. See, I'm a storyteller, but like no, there was a guy, there was a guy that actually emailed my station and um, asked why I would have a black photographer with me because, you know, he's, I, I think he must be some form of KKK member, but yeah, he like asked like, how dare you, um, you know, put that white Caucasian girl with a black photographer. And I was so offended that someone would write that. I was like, what? Yeah. And I like, I wanted to like go out and like find this guy. And like my station was like, Chloe, just like let it go. But it's hard for me to let things go. Cause I'm like, I can't stand for people that are just mean because they just, they have their ideals and they just think being mean is just what they want to do. And um, so I've definitely had to like, try and learn how to process that better and, 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 and kind of keep a guard up in a way, like still be a loving person, still be who you are, but you have to learn. And that's what my family has told me because I've struggled with it when I first started. They're like, Chloe, if you want to keep doing this, you have to be able to like let things go because that's never going to go away. Unfortunately, mm. we're always going to have people out there that are going to want to say mean things that are going to get on social media and be trolls um, and do that because that's what they want to do, but you can't let them have that fire. Um, you know, cause sometimes I want to respond and say things, but it's like, you know, I'm letting them win if, yeah, exactly. and they don't even know it. Right. Like they don't even know if like, if I'm letting that affect me, like they're winning. So I have to learn to, and I'm getting there, I think, uh, to just letting things go and be like, just still be Chloe. I know who Chloe is. I know who my intentions. I know I love life. I love people. And I just got to keep being that. And if people don't want to be here for it, then that's fine, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's reflected in your work, right? I think like having yeah. an authenticity and a realness to it and just being a genuine human being and someone who's mm-hmm. empathetic and caring and doesn't look at the the people as just a story or, you know, hits to get more money or advertising or whatever, you know, it's like you see them as people genuinely, right. you know, and I think that's a beautiful thing and it reflects in the way that you tell your stories. I really genuinely mm-hmm. do feel that even as someone who's like knew you before you went into that I know that you're like a super loving caring just genuine human being so for me it wasn't like oh wow she's super nice on like camera too it's like no of course she is you know like why would she (laughs) be any different you know so has that been something where I don't know I think like you've always been super like kind and that has there ever been moments in what you've been doing right now where you felt challenged in a way where you feel like I don't know, like the situation we just talked about, you know, it brings out a different side of you that brings out a little bit of anger, animosity, or mm-hmm. like, you know, how, how does that look? Over the time, have you become more empathetic or have you become more like tough skinned in a way? I mean, I would say like my, I, I feel like both maybe, you know, like I think I've never in my life seen, like I told you, seen like dead bodies, you know, I've never, had to come face to face with people who've had huge loss, you know, and I'm, I'm getting to see that and I'm getting to go to these stories where, you know, I have to get the interview, but I'm also just sitting there and looking at these people being like, 
like I said, like, this is a story I have to cover for work, but this is this person's life. You know, like they, when I leave, they still have to deal with this. You know, this is still who they are. Um, so in a big way, like empathy for me has even grown to, and I always tell people that like, when I do an interview, I like step back for a second and be like, okay, let me put myself in their shoes for a second. They just lost two kids. Um, what are they working through? How can I approach this interview in a way that I can understand where they're coming from? So like in a big way, it's like my empathy has almost grown because I'm meeting people experiencing loss that I've never really met before, you know, being a Quicksilver employee or working at Fox Sports is that that's not a daily thing you see. Hmm. Um, so that's almost grown, but yeah, in a way I think I, like I said, I feel like I'm still in the learning stages, but getting that tough skin is definitely something over time that I've had to just get better about having, you know, like I, there was like a month ago, like a, a period of time where I was really struggling covering these hard news stories, you know, cause we unfortunately in Columbia get a lot of shootings here. Um, and I was like, dude, I'm just tired of doing this. Like I'm tired of, you know, I'm being a reporter too. Like people don't understand, like you're critiqued a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you can be doing your job, but like you're, you're constantly, Hey, you need to do this better. You need to do this better. You need to do this better. You know, and it's not necessarily against my station, but like you are critiqued so much. And sometimes you can feel like, am I ever going to get there as a reporter? Like, am I ever going to be good enough? And like, there's a point like a month ago where I was like, I almost like envied the girl that was like making my Starbucks drink because I was like, I bet you don't get critiqued. And I bet you're just like chilling here and having a great day. And like, I go into work sometimes so stressed about like, am I going to be covering a shooting? You know, make sure I do this right. Make sure I do this right. You know, and I don't want to get yelled at or critiqued or have someone at the store yell at me. And, and that's just a part of like learning, you know, as you grow older, as you grow in this business to, to just get that backbone, um, and that tough skin to be like, okay, like if someone critiques me, take it and, and, and move on. Or if, if I get yelled at and kicked off an apartment complex, I'm not allowed to be there. Okay. And move on. Like the world goes on. You can't just hold on to those moments. So that's something that, yeah, like it's such a good question that you're asking right now. Cause that's literally what I'm working through. I feel like after doing this for a year, okay, just get that tough skin. Let those little moments go because you'll consume your life because that'll never go away. You know, you'll consume your life totally being dogged down, down by that. If you don't learn and just let them go and, and move on, you know? So totally has, um, I don't know, I guess what were, what are, what are your like plans? What do you want to, I guess, make out of what you're doing right now? Do you want to continue to be reporting on stories and everything? And do you see Mm -hmm. yourself, I guess, I don't know. It's like the things that you just talked about as far as like stress and having to deal with that on a consistent basis. Do you feel like that's only Mm going to get like more intense as you progress in your career and move along? And like, is that something that you're, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to think like, as you acquire thicker skin, I feel like the criticism and stuff might also just get more intense. And then you're going to get to a point right. where like at the latter end of your career, you're just going to have the thickest skin ever. And you're just going <laughs> to yeah. be like this, I don't know, almost like cold anchor or maybe that's yeah. wrong, but I don't know. Like, where do you no. want to do with it? I think, I mean, that's why like, it's been good to kind of process this first year's report. You really kind of process like, who, who do like, I want to be like, what kind of reporter do I want to be? Mm. Um, you know, cause even before I started this reporting life, like you asked like what I want, you know, after this, what do I want to do? And like my life, even before this was very sporadic, you know, like, right. I worked at Quicksilver, then I left and 
worked on a Disney ship for a year. Then I moved to Hawaii, was a surf instructor, you know, instructor, and then moved back to Colorado. Like my life's always been different in a in in a variety of ways. And I think that that mentality still is in me, you know. And I think I'm at this point now where I've been here for a year. You know, my husband's trying to look for a, a job um, as a lawyer, and we're kind of trying to figure out where we want to go next. And I think you know, I've started actually reaching out to other stations who have interviewed me and. Um, you know, like one of them was in Baltimore and they're like, Hey, Clay, like we need another reporter that's going to like poke the bear, if you will. Like it's going to be, you know, questioning morals and ethics and of, you know, our, our police department here. And I was like thinking to myself, like Baltimore is a higher market, but I'm like, what kind of like reporter do I want to be? Like, there are reporters that love that stuff. But like, for me, like a big part of me that I don't want to lose is still that like empathetic, that joyful girl, you know, and I, I still want to be able to show that part. So I think, you know, I think it's, it's kind of a good time for me to kind of like, um, reflect on like what, who I want to be, you know, like what kind of reporter do I want to be? Cause there's different routes for that for sure. And I was just talking to my anchor about this the other day, because you're both saying, you know, some people rank like, oh, if you're a night reporter, you're the best reporter. If you're the morning, you know, it's not as good. Like, it's really not that way at all. It's where are your passions? Like, what are you good at? What do you want to do? You know, do you want to do crime every day? Or do you want to do these more impactful stories about families? And um, so it's actually funny. I mean, I'm definitely trying to get back to the West Coast for sure. Um, But I think I'm kind of like, reflecting on that right now because I have become more of the hard news reporter. I'm a night reporter here. Um, so it's, it's usually like those hard news stories and those can kind of like wear me down sometimes, but like I've done really cool things too, where I did the Miss universe, you know, I, we went to Atlanta and we, you know, cover the Miss universe. And I had so much fun doing that. You know, I did FNR Friday night rivals sideline reporting. And that was so fun. And I was like, that kind of side of me, I love getting to show and, so I think after this, wherever I go next, I'm like, I think I need to show more of that because my quality of life does play into that. You know, when I'm constantly covering these hard stories and controversial stuff, it co- it comes home and it shows, you know, um, as much as I want to take work out of it when I leave it, it's, it's, it's not the easiest to do. So I'm like, if I'm able to like direct my path and something that I know, like I can still love on people and then be joyful and happy. Then like, I'm like, I want to go that direction. You know, even if it means like I don't get in the highest market or I'm not doing, you know, and I'm not the top hard news reporter. Like I think you got to weigh a lot more than just being in market one. Like, what do you, who do you want to be? What kind of reporter do you want to be? So. Yeah. yeah I, that's I important. <laughs> that totally. Yeah. I get that. A hundred percent. Has it been something when you were growing up, did you see, I guess the journalists and the reporters and stuff that you looked up to, were they predominantly like male? And then did you grow up going like, oh, where are the women in this like industry? And did that ever pose something where you felt like you had more of a hurdle to like get to where you wanted to be? Like it was harder for you as opposed to maybe like your male counterparts and peers that were pursuing the same ventures as you? Yeah. I mean, I think definitely like in the sports world for sure, because I think women, you know, it's, even when I worked at Fox sports, like I will say Fox sports, the people I worked for there, they were awesome. Like the leaders in Fox sports, like so amazing. Like they were the most laid back people, you know, didn't take their, their high, um, status and use it against you, you know? So I love that. But I, like, I got that sometimes even when I was there where, you know, it was, can I measure up to like being enough that, that I'll earn that respect from men, 
right? As mm. a woman sports reporter, you know, because I would see a lot of times like guys just will judge the sideline reporters and be like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. So I think growing up, it was something like originally I was like sports reporter, I want to be a sports reporter, but I did doubt, you know, would I be, would I be smart enough? And th- the fact that I question that sometimes, like, it's bad because I'm like, I should just trust myself. But I'm like, I don't want to look stupid because I think as a woman, like we want to be respected, right? Like we want to be our words to be of value. Um, you know, we want people to, uh, want to hear what we have to say. And I think sometimes we can almost be set back in a way because women might have this like connotation, like, Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about, you know, or, and I think I still struggle with that. Cause I don't, I'm like, I don't want to come across stupid. I want to be respected. And I think being a sideline reporter, like when I did, it's, it was high school football, you know, that I sideline reported last season for our station, but I even doubted myself there. And I'd be like, Hey, like, does this sound stupid? Like, does it sound like I know what I'm talking about with football? You know, I didn't play it. So I'm, I'm actually not as familiar as men would be, but I'm like, do I sound like I know what I'm talking about? And then they'd even tell me like, I don't know why you doubt yourself so much. Like be confident. Like, you know, the sport, you watch the sport, you're, you know, but I had that struggle because I think as as a woman, I didn't want it to be like, I didn't know what I was talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, that's crazy, so man. I, I mean, to me, I think like, I know soccer, but I don't know any other sport, but I feel like people yeah. come up to me and be like, Oh dude, like, what do you think of the, I don't even know, like NBA draft or whatever. Do they do drafts? I don't know. But whatever, yeah. like they'll talk <laughs> yeah. about some sports thing, assuming that I'm some expert on basketball or baseball or something. And then my uh-huh. first response is like, dude, I don't watch football or whatever. And it just like confuses right. them, which is, insane because you genuinely watch it and you are passionate about it and you know about it yet people come up to you and go like talk about something else Mm -hmm. you know which is just Mm -hmm. that's like a social stigma and societal like norms that are weird yeah and I think that's why it's like I think as women it's exciting to kind of break break down those social norms you know like the status quo because you know like yeah I got a guy one time being like Oh, Chloe, do you know, do you know these terms in football? Like, do you know this? Like, and I was like, what? Like, why are you talking to me? Like, I'm stupid. Like, I know this. Yes, I know. You know, and I remember that moment being like, how dare he say that to me? You know, like, what, because I'm a woman, I don't know football, you know, like, sure. I probably don't know every play. I'm sure there's things I don't know, but like you said, the, the, the social norms of like, oh, women don't know sports. It's almost fun as a woman. And I am competitive. They'd be like, I'll prove you wrong. You know, a hundred percent. I'll prove that I that I do know what I'm talking about, and we want to be respected just as much as you do. You know. Yeah. No, definitely. Have you seen any, I guess, female reporters and journalists in the time that you've done reporting, whether it's in your station or just local stations around you or whatever? Has there been any influence and push that you've been like, wow, that person is embodying everything? She's like leading the charge and super inspiring. Have there been people like that that have really? enforced kind of like your, I don't know, your dream and what you want to do. No, I think you kind of asked me earlier and I kind of forgot to get to that part. So sorry. I kind of like tangent myself, but I think growing up, like the big show that I watched was like, um, the today show, you know, and obviously in sports, you know, it was Aaron Andrews. I think Aaron Andrews, when she gets out on the field and like, I don't think anyone questions whether or not she knows the sport. Like she just for lack of a better word, she's a badass out there. Like she just, you know, she gets out there, she's confident. She, you know, she knows what she's talking about and she just delivers it. And I think she's well-respected in the sports world, both by men and women. Um, so obviously I aspire to have like that type of confidence if you're looking on the national level. Um, and then like with the Today Show, you know, Kathleen Hoda, I think they were such a good combo because they were fun and like Hoda, 
you know, if you ever watch her, she has like a lot of empathy. You know, she cried, you know, on one of the shows, national television, because she really felt for, you know, she was talking to Drew Brees, I think. Um, she just got emotional. It was so cool to see that because I'm like, people connect with that. And that's so cool to see that Hoda is a human being. Like she cares. Um, so like on the national level, those two women, I think, really represent women in a big way because, you know, Hoda leads the today's show and Aaron Andrews is the number one reporter for Fox Sports and they're killing it. Definitely. Has it been something that you, I don't know, I think I see Can't like, like what was that? Go ahead. I was no, going to say you have like two different, um, I don't know, passions as far as like doing more like the empathetic stories. And then you also have like sports and that concept. And from what mm-hmm. I know about you, you've always had like a super awesome sense of humor. So you're like funny too. And it's like, <laughs> I always think like, I don't know, like a daily show kind of thing would be super rad to see. But is it something yeah. where you feel like you need to be, you know, like a sports reporter, like the people that you just mentioned, or your only other option is to be like a Diane Sawyer and do super personal, intimate, like, stories i mean no it's funny that you say that because um like i remember in college like i i would only do sports stories and my professor Stu olson will give him a shout out because he's awesome but uh he he used to tell me like don't keep your um mind closed on one idea and i'm like no that's like all i want to do okay you know but i think it's so good to keep your mind open you know and like allow your, your journey just to, to lead you in that way. Cause I'm like, if you're closed minded, you may never, you might close your uh, self off to like these amazing opportunities because you feel like you have to be a sports reporter. And I think I started to do that even when I started here, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do news for a while, but like, I, I really want to be a sports reporter. But like in the time I've been here, I'm like, man, I have a really big passion for getting to tell these type of stories. Um, so I don't know, you know, I'm like, I continue to keep my mind open. I'm like, I'm being in the sports arenas and the stadiums, like that kind of feeling I get will never go away. Like that is just a super amazing feeling. Every time I'm at a, you know, any type of sports event, you know, I get that kind of like fire in me, but being open to where this kind of journey leads me, you know, like we're kind of at this point where we're kind of looking for other things and I'm like, okay, you know, Portland is looking for this lifestyle host. I'm like, that might be kind of cool, you know? Always had that approach, John, like in life to like my news director here joked one time because I was, I had a day off here and American Idol came by and they were in Columbia and I was like, I got nothing else to do today. I'll just go to like and try out. Like I didn't obviously get picked, wow. but I was like, That's <laughs> yeah, cool. no, I, I like I know. Well, I sang, I sang Ariana Grande. That was my first mistake, but, oh, um, no. <laughs> it was, it was kind of funny because it was like, my director was like, cool. You just went and like did that. And I was like, I mean, you're like, yeah, why not? Like, I'm like, if you don't go, you'll never know. I'm like, maybe they wanted like a, a like a singer that wasn't that good. You never know. Like, mm. so I'm like, I, I always have that like approach in life to be like, you'll never know if you like, don't go for it. You know, like I remember specifically, and this is kind of off tangent, but when I went and tried out for Disney, you know, to be friends with a princess, all my friends were like, dude, why would you go do that? And I was like, I don't know, but like, I just should go because you never know. And then, you know, I ended up getting called by them to work on a Disney cruise and be friends with a princess, you know? And I'm like, I would have never known had I just not gone. And so I feel like being a reporter, I'm going to like, I kind of have that same mentality, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to go for different things. And like wherever my journey kind of takes me, wherever God kind of takes me, like 
I'm just going to go because that's kind of the beauty of life is that it, you know, going different directions, you never know where you're going to, you're going to lead. And so I kind of just trust that, but I do know that I probably don't want to be a hard news reporter. Yeah, definitely. Well, I I think, I mean, it's really, really nice to hear you say that. I think that's like really refreshing from like most different like people that you hear with their intentions. It's good to know that it's, you know, pure and honest, but Mm -hmm. anyway, we're kind of towards the end. I like, you know, can't thank you enough for sitting down and talking to me. Do you have any like where people can find you and kind of check out your work and different things like that? Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, go on my Instagram, um, Clay Carlson TV, or, um, you know, you can check my Twitter. I usually try and post my stories on Twitter as well. Um, that are here local in Columbia, but are still impactful stories. So that's going to be the same username, Clay Carlson TV. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Double Life. As always, head to thedoublelifepod.com for more information. Make sure to subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to see more of Chloe's work, head to Instagram or Twitter. Chloe Carlson TV is her username. And most importantly, have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week. Adios.